Nation. Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the PC. It is Saturday, the 17th day of February, Anno Domini 2024. And you, <laughs> you lucky people who hopefully are inside safe and warm, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. Yeah, like you are here. Yeah. <laughs> and at six minutes after the hour, no, I want it un- un- unplugged at the moment. We're going to bring you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose. Kick off your shoes. Don't get the blues. Have you paid your dues? Here comes the news. Ta-da. Streaming services like Amazon Prime Video promote annual subscriptions as a way to save money. But long-term commitments to streaming companies that are in the throes of trying to determine how to maintain or achieve growth typically end up biting subscribers in the butt and they're getting fed up. <clears throat> a lawsuit seeking class action certification hit Amazon on February 9th. The complaint centers on Amazon showing ads with Prime Video Streams, which it started doing for U.S. subscribers in January unless customers paid an extra 3 bucks a month. This approach differs from how other streaming services previously introduced ads by launching a new subscription plan with ads and lower prices and encouraging subscribers to switch. A problem with this approach, though, as per the lawsuit, is that it meant that people who signed up for an annual subscription to Prime Video before Amazon's September 2023 announcement about ads are getting a service that's markedly different from what they paid for. The lawsuit, that's called bait-and-switch, people, and the government frowns upon it. There's probably some minor, uh, tiny, fine print in Amazon's clause that says we can do whatever we want later. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The lawsuit recently filed against Prime Video names California resident Wilbur Napoleon, which is probably a real person, as a plaintiff and argues that Amazon's advertisements for Prime Video make reasonable consumers think that they would get ad-free movie and TV show streaming for the duration of their subscription. Napoleon bought an annual subscription to Prime Video in June of 2023 per the court filings. The lawsuit accuses Amazon of falsely advertising Prime Video. The idea of expectations not being met is common for streaming customers. They said the lawsuit that uh, hasn't gotten far enough yet where we should expect big changes to Prime Video or financial penalties for Amazon. Changing the user experience mid-deal is aggravating for customers, but Prime Video's terms of use claim that Amazon maintains the right, here it comes, to diminish the value of Prime Video anytime they want, and you agreed to that when you signed up. The lawsuit filed against Prime Video might not lead to any dramatic changes, but it's a good reminder to streaming customers that it's risky to form long-term commitments with streaming customers, com- uh, companies that are in a state of flux. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that's Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Amazon Prime Video Ads. Your choices are, it's not that obtrusive, yet, good chance to grab a snack, I hate that they changed the deal. I'm looking Pray at alternatives. don't change it farther. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to put all that down, <laughs> uh, but it was long. It was too long. Uh, I'm looking at alternatives and three bucks a month, no biggie. 
Um, so far, we've got 28 votes. And I hate that they changed the deal and I'm looking at alternatives are tied with the vast majority of votes between them. Uh, and, of course, if you've got uh, something you want to say about that or about dang near anything, give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. That's so, why I love recording so many programs ahead of time. And then I can just zip right through well, all the commercials. Yeah, you, and, of course, you can't do that on Amazon Prime. Yeah, no. YouTube TV has started... Um, uh, uh, preventing uh, jumping through some commercials. I bet. Some you can skip, some you can't. Depends on who's paid Google yeah. for what. Yeah. But um, um, so what, what will happen is it'll be a class action, and then in three or four years, everyone will get a check for $3. Yeah, exactly. The difference. I just I just recently got my ninety seven dollar check um, from the Apple battery settlement. Oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For my iPhone six. Right. We're on the fifteen now, so six was what seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's class class action suits. The only people who really win are the lawyers. Yeah. Um, go watch on the both jerk. sides. The you know, go yeah go. Everyone should watch the jerk. <laughs> Right. It's the Steve Martin movie, the Clax Action Lawsuit. He had to write 15 million checks for $1.97. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the lawyers got millions. Right. One minute. I'm going to interrupt here. Sure. Kind of go off it. If you folks are calling, one, if you're on the phone and you're waiting for us to answer it, please turn down your radio and pay attention to the phone call. Because you can hear us through the phone. Yeah. And I, you know... It's not, as we have said before, and it's not, you know, I know it's a parody that I play every so often that, you know, turn down your phone. You got it. You can't, you got, turn down that radio so we can hear you on the phone because it comes back through your phone and it does not make for very good radio. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, the the lawsuit, if it happens, if it happens, will be uh, a long drawn out affair. Um, and and it's interesting. We t- we we had a, a poll about this a few weeks ago when it was first announced, month and a half ago maybe when it was first announced. But now people have actually experienced it, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be interested in seeing what the difference is uh, in terms of that. Also, we should point out today is the ancient Roman holiday of fornicalia, um, and I think it's important. Do we all go home and fornicate? That no, for, <laughs> fornicate. Knew as that was coming. Yeah. We should all go home and celebrate appropriately. Of course, the, this is the feast of the goddess Fornax, who is the goddess of the oven and baking. So go home and sprinkle grain around your oven to make sure that it is properly blessed, and then make some bread or a cake or something and enjoy yourself. Every once in a while, I feel malevolent and I give millions of yeasts. False hope by feeding them sugar and then putting them in the oven and killing them all. That's right. <laughs> I just order a pizza. Yeah. Still, still, somebody yep. put, put it in an oven and cooked it. So, yep. yeah, that works. Yeah. All right. To the phones. Our first caller is Mike from Webster, New York. Hi, Mike. What's up? Listen, I got to say something. These people are paying too many bills and too many internet charges for uh, TV and cable. Okay. Okay. I know two people right now that pay over $250 a month for cable services. Sure. Don't do it. Cut the cord. 
I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a struggle. All right, there's very much services you could get with Roku and everything. Why do these people fork over the money to do this? It's a good inertia. question. It's inertia, mostly. You're <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. Steve is right. It's uh, it, people. It, look, all we had for the longest time was cable. And, and we're used to skipping commercials. Right. The younger kids who aren't used to skipping commercials right. may, may be at a bigger disadvantage. Right. Um, and, you know, it used to be we'd, we'd take that break. Yeah. And as we got older, those breaks were more important. Yeah. And when you would scream to your siblings, it's back on as right. they're running from the bathroom. Right. <laughs> but we're, we're used to that. And, and so uh, commercial TV is, is easy. You know all the stations you watch. You pay, you know, you know what to go to. They're all in your favorites list. It's easy to do. If you're going to cut the cord, the first thing you have to do is first start paying attention to what you watch. So you'll know what it is that's important to you when you go looking for a service. For the whole you, year. For a whole year. And then you've, because there are seasons for shows. And then you've got to have, um, uh, you got to do a lot of research to find the the things that will actually work for you and do price comparison. By the time you're done with that, it's like, yeah, screw it, I'll just pay the 200 bucks. A lot of people feel that way. You're right, Mike. Uh, cutting the cord is, is um, uh, in the long run, you will likely save money, depending mm-hmm. on how many services you actually uh, add. But uh, you, it's likely you'll save money, but it, it's it, there's a cost in time an effort to do that, and a lot of people don't make And the that other sh- thing, though, uh, that I found is with these services right now, once you have them, and then, you know, you might have signed up on a special, and then it's the next yeah. year, and all of a sudden you say, well, I think I'm going to drop you, because they want to jack it up to the full price, and right. it's like, yeah, no, I'll go elsewhere. Oh, tell you what, we can, you know, cut the price, which they have the flexibility to do it, like the cable companies used to, you just got to be willing to negotiate, right? And you got to be willing to walk away if they say no. Yep, that's that's just that's part of negotiation. You're right, though, Mike. Absolutely, a lot of people, a lot of people have cut the cord. A lot of people are looking at cutting the cord. I cut how many? No. So long ago? So long ago? You don't even remember. It could have been last week. No. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, um, it's it, there. There are. Services you can go to, people you can talk to, or uh, websites you can go to that will um, help you cut the cord. You put in the stations you like, and it'll show you the options. Suppose but again, hands. you have to know what stations you watch. Yeah, Suppose.tv is is a big one that lets you do that. I want to see if right. we have it on our link list, and if not, I'll put it do. there. Um, but yeah, the, the... the Three times. Three times, yeah. <laughs> the big thing is you have to be, you have to be willing... To do the research. Yeah, you got to spend some time on it. I mean, I was the first one of us three to cut the court. I was more or less the pioneer. And I spent over close to a year, no lie, just mm-hmm. making notes. Because like Nick was saying, the TV's nowadays series, you know, it goes maybe from September to uh, the end of December. And then a whole different series starts from uh, February to May, and then you have your summer programs. So you yeah. got to make notes. And it's it's not enough to say I watch this program on Channel Thirteen. You have to know Channel Thirteen is ABC. 
Right. So that when you're looking at what streaming services to get, you get ABC, which pretty much everyone has the, the major networks. It's, you know, do you, do you watch Bravo or do you watch History or do you watch Science? It's those extra. Or Discovery. Discovery, those extra cable channels. So I found with YouTube TV doesn't have the Science Channel, but uh, we do have Discovery Channel. And most of the stuff on Science Channel comes to Discovery like six months later. Right. So I can wait. Well, and that's part of it. Are you will? So, for example, yeah. if you've got Paramount Plus. Yep. You can get, say, The Daily Show. Yeah. The next day. Yeah. Um, are you willing to wait a day to do that? Right. And and what's what complicates the issue is shows that are only available on streaming. Right. So Star Trek, we we have to get Paramount Plus for Star Trek. Right. But as a side effect, uh, I've been watching Halo season two is out. Right. And uh, it's the, the every episode ends in a cliffhanger. That's the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then I can't go to the next episode yet. Part of me wants to just wait for them all to stream and right. then binge it. Right. So, yes, and some services do that. They'll they'll put out you know three or four episodes at once so you can start at binge or uh, like so on on Amazon Prime. Uh, Good Omens two season two is out. The whole everything came up on one day. Right. And uh, and you could watch the whole thing at once. Right. Which I did. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Day and a half, I was done. Yep. Uh, but a lot of them now aren't doing that because you go and, and get the 30-day uh, free trial, Yeah. binge a bunch of shows, cut so, the service. So you wait till the end of the run, so then when they're all out, then you can binge them. Right. But what they're, so what they're doing now is you know they'll put out two or three episodes yeah. to, to suck you in, and then it's one a week, one and a what's, week, one Yeah, a what's week. the next show to keep you on? Right. Because it's, it's easier than ever to... To, to cancel one subscription and start another one. You know, right. I finished watching this show on Netflix, and I'm going to subscribe to you to, to Hulu and watch this show. They don't want you to do that. And, and so then subscription fatigue comes in, and, and we're back up to $200 a month because of all the streaming channels. But you, you sort of can't count that. Right. Because you're going to pay for the streaming channels anyway if you want those shows. Right. So even only look got, at the basic right. cable service. Right. Yeah. Even if you've got basic cable, even if you've got full cable, yeah. there are things you are going to pay for extra. Don't count those. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Good Good discussion, Mike. Thanks. Mike? Mike is gone. Okay. okay. Thanks, Mike. Sorry. Thanks, Mike. And, and, and a lot of it is inertia. I was at a customer the other day. His his son was complaining that Amazon Prime was was too slow, and was blaming the DSL modem. Okay, it was an ancient modem. Yep. So they got a new one. He plugged them together instead of replacing it was the problem. But so I do a speed test on DSL, um, five megabit. Five. five. Yep. Which is about what DSL will give you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and so, so how much are you paying for that? And he said, well, it's about $60 a month. Okay. You can go to this other company and get 300 for $50 a month. Or you can go to a different company. They're not available in his yard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the, yeah, the cable company is offering a $50 a month, um, 300 megabit for a year. And and then it goes up to 65. Right. And then you re, you know. Renegotiate or cancel or right, know, right, at the right, end, right, right. or yeah, or the other company get five hundred megabit for fifty bucks for fifty month. bucks a month. So when he gets five, is well, does Amazon Prime work? So we went to all his TVs. Yeah, it worked. It took quite a while to buffer before it started playing, and I could tell that was cutting quality down a little bit because he was only getting five, and 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 the son wasn't home 
that we, we were just testing on one TV. Heaven forbid he tries to stream two shows well, exactly. on different TVs at only five megabits. Or somebody's playing a game while somebody else is watching television or yeah. whatever that is. Yep. Right. But too much inertia. And he, the, the, there was a coax jack in his, his office. And he said, oh, then, you know, th- that's good. All I need to do is, uh, is hook that up. Uh, no, when they did some landscaping outside, somebody cut the cord. <laughs> and then when they did some, uh, you know, put the new sidewalk in, the cord got cut again. So they got to run a new wire up to the house, <sighs> which, is, which is easily done. Just We can't just say click and Right, there's no magic in. wand. It's still, there's still somebody with a backhoe. Yep. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Rich from Rondecoit, New York. Hi, Rich. What's up? Uh, good day, gentlemen. Um, so far? Unless, I am do- unless I'm doing something wrong, streaming for me is not easy. It's cheaper than cable. However, Channel 13, uh, ABC, um, local news at 6, and I get ready to watch David Muir at 6.30, and what they do is they repeat the 6 o'clock news at 6.30. I've not been able to watch David Muir for two or three uh, months now. That's the uh, streaming you service you're it? using. You need a different streaming service. Right. I'm sorry, say that again? The streaming service you're using is is doing that. A different streaming service probably wouldn't. The streaming service. Yeah. Okay, I'm not even so sure what service I'm using. Um, I have a router. Uh, what? what? Give me the name of a streaming service. Uh, Roku TV, YouTube TV, Sling TV, Hulu TV, Spectrum. Well, Spectrum TV, yeah, you can do streaming only. You don't have to have Spectrum cable. You can do Spectrum TV over streaming. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, well, that probably is it. So it's not AB, it's not Channel 13's issue. It's the streaming services issue then. Right. Every every service has to negotiate what they're going to get from. The station, many of them um, just push the the live stream and you get what you get, and some of them do not. And they uh, many of them talk about local, but they don't necessarily always mean local. And the other thing, though, is uh, is your TV near a window? TV near a yeah. window? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, what I was going to say is you, you can go out for about 50 bucks. And buy an HD antenna, put it up in a window or up against a wall, usually facing the uh, southwest. While facing the city, yeah, Pinnacle, the city. Pinnacle Hill. And uh, point it that direction, and then you can get all the local channels. High-definition broadcast television. H eight ten thirteen and Fox, and along all, with quite a few of the others. Right, all, and, and all the, the four major channels uh, also have it. sub-channels. So you can get like thirty, you know, uh, channels off an antenna if you're close enough to the broadcast for towers. free. All you've got to do is buy the antenna one time. You slap it up, and you might have to move the antenna around to see where you get your best reception. If you're old enough to remember the antenna on the roof, yep, and the fancy house that had the knob where you could point the antenna another way. <laughs> I was, I was, there. I'm, I'm so, up in the attic. My father's yelling from downstairs. Oh yeah. So yeah, you could get one of those, and then. Uh, you know, watch uh, your 13 uh, And it, it, dep- uh, it depends on a couple of things, Rich. One thing is how far away you are from Pinnacle Hill. Honestly, the farther away you are, the more expensive, the more money you should spend on your antenna. And the higher, if you can, put it on the roof. Right. Uh, that's they, probably they all, your other thing is line of sight. 
I get I get all the yeah. channels on my fillings. Yeah, it's, I'm that close to to Pinnacle Hill. But if you know the farther away you are, um, the 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 better the antenna should be. Um, I as a retired television salesman, I'm aware of this. My, yeah, my next step is to buy that antenna. I'm I'm well aware of that. I'm looking at um, Consumer Reports suggests which one is the best, and that's the one I will buy. Um, hate to say this, but regardless of the price, so uh, yeah. yeah, no, and I get that. Step, but, yeah. but the next step actually is going to be change my streaming provider. Right. So, who do you pay now for your television service? Is the question. So that's who your provider is. Right. The Frontier. Frontier. Frontier doesn't do television. No. Some somewhere along the line, you're paying someone for streaming, not for your internet service, but for the streaming that comes over that service. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, Frontier did have 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 partners with Dish. So Frontier gave you yeah, maybe, internet, yeah. and Dish gave you television. Right. All right. Well, um, I gotta do the uh, investigate that, but that that's the key there that I needed to know. It's the streaming service, not the networks or the channels. Thank you, guys. Yep. Right there, you go. Thanks. All right, Rich, have fun. Thank you. Bye. Again, that's that's part mm-hmm. of that. Uh, that's part of that uh, research that you've got to do, and it, it does it does get harder. And again, many of them give you you know thirty days free or you know whatever, mm-hmm. uh, pay for a month, and then decide mm-hmm. if you want to pay for a year. Uh, and that way, you can do some testing and and feeling around and seeing what works for you. Well, that's all part of like we were saying before is doing the homework, yep. you know, and taking the time to do it, you know, to find out. What you want to watch, and you know, uh, what you can afford too. Well, because right. I mean, some of them you can sit there and uh, say, "Oh, I like this one," and then I add this service and this, and then it's like you were saying, back up to two hundred bucks. Well, and but as Steve was saying, you, you have to discount the stuff you would have had anyway. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm I've got a big package on cable, and it's costing me one hundred and fifty or called two hundred dollars a month. I'm also paying. I'm also at the same time paying for Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus and 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 Netflix. Okay, so if I cut the cord, I can't recount the Netflix and Amazon Plus and Paramount mm-hmm. Plus money that I'm spending because I was already spending that anyway. Right. I just have to say I've gone from $200 a month paying a cable bill to $40 a month paying YouTube TV, whatever the numbers are. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and part of the problem there is is we're used to paying one company right. for, say, phone, internet, and television, and that's a $300 bill. Right. Look at your bill, split those things out, say $100 a piece. Right. Usually not. Phone is usually like 20 Right. Uh, internet is 100 and and television is 200 Right. So take that 200 you're paying for the television-only service, Compare that against the other streaming services, which are usually about half the price, if not less. Right. Now, I have a question for all of you out there, because I looked into this, and I, I, from the website, I, it was Weasley, I couldn't tell. Is it possible to get the Spectrum streaming without having Spectrum Internet? Yes, but extremely limited channels. Okay, that's good to know. That one, so I overlapped for about a month and was trying that and uh yeah you're not on spectrum internet you can't watch this show 
Okay. Well, uh, you know, again, that's if you're paying low enough to get the local channels. Yeah. Then I don't care. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Soundbites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites. And we have, I'm on the wrong page, Matt from Pittsburgh on the line. What's up, Matt? Well, yeah, here's the deal. I want to do an update to a topic that I had. This guy says, well, I want news or something app on the TV or whatever. Just download the news on, it's N-E-W-S-O-N app, and you can get it to your thing. And you can watch everything up there. You know, there are so many possibilities. Stop paying for cable. That's all I got to yep. say. Yep, that's exactly right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. It's, yeah news, news on is a national service that will grab local feeds for you. Right, and right. They, and they have apps for uh, Roku and Samsung and Google and Apple and Amazon. So mm-hmm. depending on yeah, depending on which. Uh, so, so so there's a problem that earlier caller is going to need to know. What OS is his TV running so he knows which yeah. app to get? <laughs> <laughs> or or you can get a standalone box like the Apple TV or the um, Google Chromecast or Roku TV that will plug into any television. Uh, we like to say that they make a dumb TV smart and they can make a smart TV smarter. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we are seeing. Um, um, I just I bought a new TV last year, and it's an Amazon Fire TV, and I have all the streaming services, and I have an app store to download more streaming services. I, I don't need my Apple TV anymore. Yes, exactly. Right. So right now we split it. I use the the uh, uh, apps in the TV, and my wife uses the Apple TV apps, so that we don't overlap our stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what makes me a little crazier than I normally am. Um, you see an ad for something, and you think, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. And then it's on a service you don't have. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. That annoys me. Ugh. I'm not going to buy a whole new service just for one show, no matter how good it's going to be. I don't have Apple TV, and, and I see a lot of good shows on yeah. Apple TV. Yeah, same when with they, me. I don't. I want. Uh, I see the Mandalorian on Disney Plus right. and a few yeah. others. And it's like, no, I don't want to pay for another GD service. That's exactly well. Right. And and Apple TV just jumped their price from, um, well, initially five bucks a month, and now uh, a ten. And there's rumors that fourteen is coming. Yep. They always were one of the cheapest services. Not, but now because they didn't have a back catalog. Now they have started having a back catalog, and a lot of their shows have three or four seasons. They're right. they're raising their prices up to the way everyone else does. Right. But yeah, so so do your free trial. Sign up for you like well for all mankind. Right. The uh, alternate history where the Russians got to the moon first. Um, there was also um, uh, Foundation. Now, a lot of people who love the books and know the books by heart hated the TV show. Yeah, I yeah. read I read the book so long ago that I don't quite remember, and so I really liked the TV show. 
Um, and, and, you know, remembering, you know, this character uh, used to be a man and this character died on page three. And <laughs> right, 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 right. But, right. okay, it's, it's fine now. And, and Lee Pace is really good. <laughs> well, Lee Pace is good in everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's again, this is, this is all part of due diligence. Yeah. You know, you got to and, – and most of the services do have a, a free trial, so you can give them a shot. But then it's not just a matter of signing up for those free trials. It's then spending the time during those free trials to watch the things that you, you are looking for. So, um, you know, as we, as we had from – I think it was Rich – um, he wants to watch a specific news show. Mm-hmm. It isn't on the service he's got. Well, he wouldn't know that if he didn't spend the time to actually look for it and, and try to watch it. Yep. So you have to do that stuff. All right, I'm going to read another news item. <clears throat> oh, before you get into that, I yeah. heard a good one. You know how, uh, I don't know if you've gotten a number of them yet lately, is uh, scam calls? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. I heard another good technique to use to get rid of them. So if, you know, you get this caller and say, well, I'm from Amazon and I got to check your account and, you know, I need to do this. and All you got to do is turn to them and say, okay, but wait a minute. I'm going to start recording this call. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden they go click. Yeah. And they'll hang up. I, I tend to answer the phone. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> You're caller number five. Yeah, because yeah, I will not answer the phone if it doesn't pop up from anybody in my list. Right. I I have, which I love about my Pixel, is sit there and say, screen it. Yeah, I and screen. Screen it. And if they want it, and I see so many of them just go right to click. Yep. That's exactly right. But yeah, I had never heard that other one though. Just say, okay, but I'm going to start recording you, right? And I guess they'll hang up right away. Many of them will, absolutely. Cool. All right, Halloween has come early for many Apple Watch users, who have been left battling with a ghost touch glitch. The issue causes the watch's screen to act like it's being tapped or swiped, even when nobody's touching it. According to an internal memo sent to Apple authorized providers. This can cause the watch to make calls and even prevent the user from entering their passcode. Apple says it's aware of and investigating the issue, but has not provided any more details on what might be causing it. If you are affected, there's no need to call an exorcist, as a simple forced reset appears to fix the issue, maybe. Uh, an internal memo states, some customers may report their Apple Watch Series 9 or Apple Watch Ultra 2 is experiencing false is experiencing false touches on their display. The memo further noted that customers may describe this issue as ghost touches. The glitch causes the screen to register taps and swipes without any input, leading the screen to jump erratically. Since the watch is constantly registering inputs, the actual user is unable to control the screen and may not even be able to unlock their device. Apple did not provide any information on how many users have been affected by this glitch. However, it is quite unusual for Apple to announce that it is looking into an issue which suggests that this might be fairly widespread. The glitch affects the Apple Watch 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 and could be either caused by a hardware or software fault, but Apple has not provided any further information on the cause. The memo sent to Apple providers advises technicians not to repair models affected by the glitch while it investigates the origin. However, the memo also asks the technicians to tell customers to force restart their Apple Watch if they are experiencing ghost touches. To do this, 
Pull down the digital crown and the side button at the same time for at least 10 seconds. Once the Apple logo appears on the screen, you can release the digital crown and the device will restart. It is also important to note that this is not Apple's official fix, but several commentators online said that this worked for them. Apple also suggested that ensuring the device is kept up to date with the latest version of watchOS might help with the problem. Are you affected by this ghost touch? Give us a call, but probably not on your Apple Watch. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first thought. Hey, really? it is. It's Apple a suggested, Apple suggestion yeah. is turn it off and on again? Okay. That it's works. a computer. Um, yeah, this, it, you know, I'm shocked that this doesn't happen more often. Oh, well, it worked. I get congratulations. Putting timestamps in the description on the YouTube video worked. Now suddenly I've got chapters. Wow, nice. I would just have to make the timestamps. You just have to make timestamps. See that? Another uh, uh, service provided feature. by Steve Ray. Well done, Steve. Another feature. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we have people all the time. Um, uh, everything's moved around on my screen. Well, you probably stuck your phone in your pocket while it was still unlocked and showing the main screen and but it, it thought the heat from your body was a touch and it moved something but moving right essentially it's butt dialing only you're just butt moving exactly yeah. exactly um so you know it's a it's a <laughs> it's a thing and you got to deal with it um uh, just make sure you lock your phone or, or at least shut the screen off <laughs> before you put it back in your pocket it's not that hard to do I, I once, um, um, while, I, while I was in rehab for my uh, uh, quadricep, I have to say that now because yeah. people were calling me saying, you're in rehab? Not, not drug rehab. I tore my left quadricep all to shreds, and I was in rehab to rebuild muscles in my body. That's, rehab does that too. Yeah. Um, but I was in rehab, and one of the nurses had her phone in her pocket. And every time she took it out, everything was moved around. Everything was moved around. But she had her screen on. Mm-hmm. I said, turn your screen off before you put it in your pocket. She came back the next day and said, that worked. Yes, ma'am. It, Duh. It absolutely worked. Absolutely. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Larry from Rochester, New York. Hi, Larry. What's up? Good afternoon, guys. i got a, a serious question, I think. Um, I have a bright sign um, signage box for one of the monitors in our church. Yeah. Uh, but right now, to update it, I have to take it off, take the disc home, do everything, bring it back, and plug it in. But I understand when I look at BrightSign, I could use a server so that I could do all that stuff from home. I'm wondering if I could use a, um, um, a, a, a Raspberry Pi as the server. Um. So, yeah, um, you, I think they have an update, they have a subscription, so you can update yeah. it from online. But what you're saying is um, um, uh, update from a Raspberry Pi. Right. That's a great question. Um, we're all frantically... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Don't they have a, a web a, a, a web interface to do the updates with? Yeah, yeah they, 
they have all of that. I just like to try to, to get around it and do it on my own. I mean, I'll do their web interface if I have to, but I was, I've got a couple of Raspberry Pis, and I was just thinking, I wonder if I could use the Raspberry Pi at home uh, as, as, as the server and, and update it from home and get the same thing. Apparently, according to BrightSign, they have some open source resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking at how they work. I, you'd have to read the documentation, but apparently they do have. There's there's BrightSign Series Five and BrightSign XC, and so you got to right. read the right one. Right, um, right. But they do all have. Um, open source code that looks like you could then um, do all kinds of stuff with it. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm quickly reading through it, but um, you can build your own tool chains to do all all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like oh. you can do that. And that's in that's on Brightstein's own uh, knowledge base FAQ. So it's. Legitimate. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had looked at that, but I, I thought I would give the, the Raspberry Pi a stab before I did anything else. But if, if worse comes to worse and I can't get it, I, I will go with the options that BrightSign actually gives. Right, right, right. Yeah, so they, they looks like they have specific open source OSs that you install onto your Raspberry Pi. Uh-huh. Oh, oh. I hadn't seen that. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Well, let me. I thought I would ask first before I got myself in a quagmire, um, and just see. But it sounds like it's probably doable. I probably. I don't know if I'm smart enough to do it anyway. But I'm game to give it a stab. I can't. I was going to say, yeah, just take some time and play around with it and see what happens. I mean, like I say, the Raspberry Pis. You already own it, so it's. All you're out is maybe a little of your time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'm assuming the Raspberry Pi would have the power to do that, right? Certainly a four would. Yeah. And probably a three. If if all you're really doing is controlling one sign. Yeah, and changing right. some small things. Yeah, right. If you're if you're just I mean essentially it would be the display. Yeah. So it okay, shouldn't be a big I have deal. the I have the four. Yeah, you should be fine. Yeah, then. yeah. Yeah, because again, you're not doing a lot of, you know, high work. You're going in there changing, say, a phrase that appears up on the the board, and right. then logging out, and then it's right. good for a while. So it's yeah. it's actually low maintenance work that you're doing on it. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a shot. Go Larry. for it, Larry. Let, Let us, us know. know. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Larry. Bye bye. Yeah, um, I've I've done that. I, I did that at at work with a number of uh, Raspberry Pis. We had just, I think, um, RIT used them for years. Still does. You just stick it on the back of a monitor, and there you are. Right. I mean, yep. now you can log in via the network and make changes and uh, update everything from a central source. And uh, uh, it you know it, it works. It works just like a bright sign would. Only now you're just doing it with a standard monitor, so anybody can do it. Um, but if you've already got the bright sign, apparently that um, the bright sign people give you a, an opportunity to use a Pi to do that. So that's pretty cool. 
All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Dave from Canandaigua, New York. Hi, Dave. What's up? Well, I'm actually calling from Google Workspace Hell, but I live in Canandaigua. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ongoing. I've, I've called in the past about uh, the one account I'm trying to get so I don't need my phone in order to do the streaming from Zoom to YouTube. Right. So I bought a uh, the Titan security key. And I plugged it, you know, following directions and opening more tabs to read and more and more. So I got to the point where I thought it was set up properly, but I, uh, I, well, I got into the admin console because that's where you got to go in order to enable all this garbage. And so I did whatever I did. It's all of a sudden I'm locked out of a couple of accounts. <laughs> and oh. I took some, yeah, not, uh, not the admin accounts, but the, uh, a couple of, I think they were low-level security uh, permission accounts. Uh, anyway, so I managed to, to recover from that. <clears throat> now, if I go to, now, we're a nonprofit, so I can go to uh, the Google Tech Help, but I have to recreate the problems <clears throat> in order to write them down so I can explain them. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Which means they, that some somebody's going to get locked out of their account again. Well, you and, should be, I mean, if you're the administrator... You should be able to unlock anybody. Right. I, I get they have a 10-minute timeout that allows people to log back in. Right. Yeah. So, you know, well, the trick is, <clears throat> I mean, I, I did everything that it told me to do. I would run into a problem. It says, you haven't done this. So I go back to the admin console, and I think I fixed it. So, well, the trick is that no matter how many things I've tried, I haven't really made any progress on making the key work. And I need what I need is some help from somebody. Because I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not at the at my wit's end, but I can see it over there on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I have no budget to pay a consultant, and I'm wondering if there's anybody around that takes pity on uh, poor nonprofits that knows about this stuff. Well, we can certainly uh, we put out the word here about mm-hmm. Jerry and um, and the uh, Google um, Google Meetup thing he does. Yeah. Uh, Rochester Googles. Uh. Rochester Googles, which meets the first Thursday of every month. Uh, we have a YouTube group. Uh, no, no, not YouTube. Facebook, Facebook group that uh, you can you can uh, see where the next meeting is going to be and when it's going to be. Um, and, come and, and come and talk to us about it. Uh, okay. Well, I, do I need a Facebook account because I'm basically kicked out of Facebook? Um, it's probably the easiest way to get into Facebook because they have an account, but... Um, uh, I can't. I've, you, I've tried you, to create one, and they keep kicking me out. All right. Generally speaking, we meet the first Thursday of every month at the Olympia okay. Restaurant on... Um, what, 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 what road is that? Lada? No. No. L- uh, Flynn? No. Oh, Maiden Lane. Maiden no. Flynn, no, this, yeah, Flynn Road. 1100 Flynn Road. Yeah. No. Lyle Avenue, the Olympia Restaurant in Gates. Oh, yeah, oh, Gates, not the Lyle and Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking. You're looking at the other one. That's the one in Greece. We meet the one in Gates. Yeah, Lyle seven, and Howard. Seven o'clock. Um. Uh. Yeah, Lyle and Howard. There's a plaza there, and it's in that plaza, across the street from Howard Road. Um, okay. And we meet seven o'clock the first Thursday of every month. It's you're saying that you can't, they won't let you create an account? 
No, I can do all, I can create all kinds of havoc. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just trying to trying to get that key to work. You know, I, I would run into a problem, and it would say, "Well, you don't. This isn't set properly." I get some kind of a message, so I go back into the to the admin account and do what I thought is the right thing, and I played around, did this, that, and eventually I ended up locking a couple of accounts so you couldn't get in. It said, you know, contact your, your administrator in order to to fix this problem. Right, and that's and I, you, so yeah. you should be able to go into the console, the right. Google Workspace console, and go find the user and unlock them. Right, I, and I, I did that. I mean, that problem is fixed, but I can't. I can't figure out how to make that key work. It, certain, it seems like if I if I enable keys, it's for the entire uh, domain, and that means that there's like some, there was something about uh, what they call it uh, beta, no passwords, and I don't know if that's really the right thing. But that was the only thing that seemed to make a difference, right. but it made things worse. <laughs> okay, so here yeah. I can give you the general outline, right? Okay. Um, the first thing you do is is you're logging in regularly now, and you probably use your phone and type in a code and all that nonsense. You, yeah. you buy the Titan security keys from Google Store, which I think you've already done. Right. Um, and then and then um, once you have that key, you open your browser, enroll your security key. Right. Um, and, and when yeah, you do yeah. that, by the way, you want to make sure you've added more ways to prove you're you. So, you know, all the different ways that yeah. you can prove who you are so that you don't lose that. And then the the next step is to actually sign in with your key. And if you get the error that says you need to register the security key to your Google account before you can use it to sign in. So mm-hmm. you you sign in with a different account. Update your Google Play service, and then sign in again. Okay. And then, and then from then on, every time you sign in, you're going to ask. It's going to ask you for your security key or some other uh, way to prove you're you. Yeah, that was well. That was what I expected when I when I did all the things I did, but it didn't turn out that way. And it's this weird because, uh, like, you go into the 2FA stuff, and, like, when you first create the account, there's, like, a list a mile long of different ways to do your 2FA. Right, right, right. But then after, after you pick one, all of a sudden the cho- some of the choices disappear right. when you go back to try and touch it up. Right, right, right. It's just, you know, going around and around and around. Right. Well, so, the, the, the step most yeah. people miss is after you attempt to sign in with a different account... Right. Then you have to update your Google Play service because well, I do this from a desktop. So uh, yes, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, Play. Yeah. Oh. And then oh. and then updating Google Play adds the the requisite key to Google mm. Play. Okay, I never saw any of that in all the million tabs that I went through. <laughs> yeah, it's it, okay. it's there. Honest. All right, I will look into that. Thank All right, you. I won't take take it except I stopped watching network TV and never had cable thirty five years ago. Good for you. I, yeah, and it is possible to survive without that garbage. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> Good Thanks luck, a lot, everybody. Yep, thank you. Okay.
it's uh, setting up security is not easy, um, and that's that's a problem. You know, we've we've talked for decades about secure email, and secure email exists. It has existed for decades. The problem is it's painful to set up and restrictive. If I set up secure email and Steve doesn't, Steve and I cannot email each other. Um, uh, Or if, if we do, that's now we're back to unsecure. Or you email me the password, and the bad guy watching the emails now has the password. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a, it's a convoluted process to get set up, and that's really to protect you, but it's a pain in the patoot. All right, that music tells us that our hour is up, but ho-ho! It's like getting another life in a game. We have a whole other hour coming of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. Another hour of Dave Van Wright, another hour of Steve Ray. Another hour of Nick Francesco and another hour of you. So give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. We're also in the chat, by the way. Nobody's there but me, but we're in the chat. And we'll see you in just a couple of minutes and a whole other hour of Sound Bites on member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Before you call into our show, please make note of the following rules. One, turn your radio down. Two, turn your radio down lower. Three, remember, nobody has invented a good-sounding speakerphone yet. Don't use them. Four, make sure you have a point. It makes for a more interesting show. Five, calling does not guarantee you'll get on the air. No whining. Six, if you do get on the air, please do not tell the host what you just told the screener. We don't care. And seven, is that radio turned down yet? We hope this will make for a more enjoyable program, and we thank you for your time. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. Celebrating 50 years on the air in Rochester. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray being attacked by an alligator. Clearly you are a crocodile. I'm not sure which that is. Where did it come from? It was sitting up there. Yeah. I moved the... uh, No, uh, no. the the mouth was over it. Yeah. Oh, was it this way? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) It's not going to stay. At any rate, it's six minutes after the hour. We are Soundbites. And there's a problem with the Soundbites chat. I wonder if it's the little change I made yesterday to the background. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? See, that's what you get for playing around. Like, you know what you're doing. That's what I get. Um, More sad Apple news. Apple's longest-running senior designer, Bart Andre, is retiring. Andre joined Apple in 1992 with Johnny Ive. His departure marks the near-complete turnover of Ive's former design team. Andre announced his plans to retire this month. His departure is a significant shake-up to Apple's industrial design team, 
but only the latest in a series of changes and departures. Andre is described as being one of Ive's top lieutenants and is credited with helping run Apple's industrial design team after Evans Hankey departed in 2023. He's also known as one of the biggest holders of Apple patents, Bloomberg reported. Andre, who joined Apple in 1992 alongside Ive, told colleagues this month that he's retiring, according to people familiar with the matter. Andre was one of the last remaining designers from the Ive era and helped create the aesthetic for Apple products released over the past three decades, even prior to Steve Jobs returning to the helm in the late 90s. As it stands right now, Apple's industrial design team is led by Chief Operating Officer Jeff Williams. Having an operations person oversee a division dedicated to design and innovation has rankled some staff. Cost-cutting measures also have added to the unrest. Under IVE, the team embarked on exploratory projects that didn't necessarily have immediate payoff, something that's been reined in. So are you worried that the bean counters are taking over Apple? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free 800-790-0415. It's it's always been a a kind of push-pull thing, uh, the dichotomy of the bean counters versus the creative people. Uh, And I, I don't know of a single situation where a bean counter put in charge of the creative team has worked out well. Yeah. So uh, we don't know what the future is going to hold uh, for these uh, for Apple in terms of, you know, Apple has won awards uh, time and time again for their design. So, and so all those award um, uh, all those uh, um, award winning people are now gone. So we don't know what the future will hold in terms of Apple design. Um you know, and and yes, uh, everybody's copied Apple's design features, um, and and, uh, and modified them slightly, which you know, I suppose turnabout is fair play. Yeah. Apple did it to Microsoft, so Microsoft, so you know, fine. Apple, uh, the, the whole look and feel thing, um, but yeah, it's it's. We'll see what happens in the next uh, couple of years. Uh, to Apple's design uh, sense, the aesthetic of, of what Apple does. Um, it could stagnate. It could change drastically. We'll, we'll see. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Bill from Greece, New York. Hiya, Bill. What's up? Hello, gentlemen. I know who nobody walked in. Uh, <laughs> last week I called about a mini PC and doing Windows and Linux on it. Yep. So I bought a B-Link mini PC. Oh, yeah. And it's got a slot for a 2.5-inch drive. I watched a video. What the man did was he unscrewed the NVMe and took that off the system. And he put in the 2.5-inch SATA drive. And then he, uh, uh, he installed Linux on the SATA drive with the NVMe removed. Mm-hmm. But I never saw him do any changes in the BIOS. I didn't see him turn off secure boot. Can you just pull out the, the NVMe and uh, install Linux on the SATA without doing any BIOS changes? I guess it depends entirely on the BIOS you have. Well, yeah. And did, and did he have did he have secure boot turned on in the BIOS to begin with? It may not have been. Well, it had to be to get Windows going. 
Yeah, you, yeah. Depend like the Raspberry Pis. You can sit there and tell it to whether they're boot off the smart card or the SATA. And or, I'm wondering if that has the same feature that you can direct it to boot. You know, the default boot. Well, but if, the if, other thing if there is, is only one drive; it boots from it. Right. The other thing is that Linux, since about sixteen point four, at least in the Ubuntu side, has has had secure boot support. Oh. So I'm I'm not sure you need to turn it off. Hmm. Yeah, because that's all he did, and he plugged it back in and came up, and he said that he had his choice of which drive to boot from. Yeah, I, d- I don't honestly, I don't know about every Linux distribution, but certainly right. anything based on Ubuntu, which is uh, based on Debian, which is most of them, yeah, <laughs> um, have secure boot support built in. Yeah, I was looking at MX Linux. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I don't. I, like I said, I don't. I don't know about that yeah. one. But um, uh, most most Red Hat um, derivatives, SUSE derivatives, um, Debian Ubuntu derivatives, FreeBSD derivatives. Yeah, uh, MX Linux is an Arch derivative. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know about that one. Uh, okay. But you should be able to find out. So the theory is, um, uh, most of these will boot with. Most of these will boot okay with secure boot enabled. It has EUFI. Is that what you need for secure boot? Sorry? It has EUFI. Yeah, the, extens- yes, the yes. extensible firmware interface. Yes, exactly. Rather than just, that, rather than just BIOS. Yeah, that's fine. That's exactly, you're, you're good with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should be cool. fine. You should be fine with all of that. Yeah, and for anybody else ever thinking about this, be careful with D-Link. They have... More changes. I bought a, a Series 5, and I found out there's about six different Series 5, but they only call it Series 5. Yeah. Right. And then I got taken by, by Amazon because I ordered one that was low price that had really good specs, a one-terabyte drive and 32 gigs of RAM, and that's not what Amazon sent me. They sent me uh, one with a 500 uh, drive, and I went back to look at it, and while I'm looking at it in my uh, orders, it changed to the one they sent me. So oh, interesting! I don't even have any way to send it back. Does your original um, no, uh, order? No, the whole thing changed. The email they sent you that had your original order name oh, on it. Oh, I don't know about. See that. if that. Yeah, yeah, check that. But but I I complained to them. You know, and, and then I went back and tried to complain again. They said, sorry, you already complained once. That's all you're allowed to do. Oh, interesting. I, I might not necessarily want to go with B-Link in the future then. Well, this isn't B-Link. This is Amazon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's come across that where they, they've substituted something. And, you know, I, I say when I went to open up my orders, I watched the the page came up with the thing I ordered and I watched it change mm, it refreshed. on my screen to yeah. the one they sent me. Yeah, that's why I go back and check the original email to see if that shows you exactly what you ordered. The other thing you could do is is um, um, the only other thing I can think to do is to put in a, a comment. They take they take neg- oh, negative comments out. Yeah, they do. They try to do that, and they say, "Sorry, you already made a comment. You can make a second comment." Really? <laughs> so you can't put in a, a review? Can you put in a, a review? No, 
It won't let me do anything. Make a new account. Censorship. Well, if I was to do yeah. a review, it would be on the one they sent me. Yeah. Well, right, right, right. Not on their process. Do you have a but spouse no, with an account? I in there and do a <laughs> review, and they said I've already made a comment. I can't make a review. That's nuts. Well, I guess the moral here is don't order B-Link and don't order it from well, Amazon. I don't know if it's B-Link or if it's Amazon. Uh, they could have been out of the one I ordered, but they should have given me a notice. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm, I'm getting a, a magnetic screwdriver set so I can take the thing apart. It's pretty involved taking it apart. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. These things are, well, that's part of the problem with any um, miniaturized system. You know, we talk about that with laptops all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything is so tightly packed together. It's a lot like the, the engines in, in new cars. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to have, you used to be able to sit in the engine well. Uh, now you can barely find anything in there. They, they crowd and, things together so tightly. And the thing is so small. I can't imagine how they have yeah. a two and a half inch drive bay. Well, Just that's the thing. I, I, that's I've the whole the computer. I got the magnetic screwdriver because if I ever drop a screw in there, I'm screwed. You, you exactly. Yeah. That, is exactly correct. Yeah. that is exactly well, and, correct. And so I deal a lot with small screws. Right. So I've got a magnetic screw tray, a, a, a cup, basically, a little uh, that, that, that I have under me. So when I drop the screw, it falls into there. And, and then last Christmas, I, my son got me a magnetic wristband. Oh, nice. So oh. when you take the screw off, you can put it under there. We were, we were joking at the office... So the magnetic screwdriver is nice, but if it drops off, uh, what if you drop your screwdriver? Right. So then yeah. you need the screwdriver to be tethered. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm, I'm going to follow one of Dave's recommendations, and I've drawn out on a piece of 8 by 10 paper, I've drawn out the, the uh, what I can see of the inners and where all the screws are. And mm-hmm. right. right down make, where they go. Yeah, yeah make little notations. Them. We used to t- because, <clears throat> write in each little spot the Oh, this group of screws where it's holding down this particular component. Yeah, well, I'm going to put it right on the spot where I... That's a good idea. There you go. Uh, Because they said that on the four you take off, two of them are long to get the bottom off. Two of them are long and two of them are short. Right. So you can't screw it over. Yeah. Right. You're right, Bill. And and you're doing the right thing. If you... There's got to be... For every device, there's, there's 50 YouTube videos on how to take them apart. Yeah, and they're different. <laughs> yeah, and they're all different, but yep. study those Bill, before you do thing. it yourself. One other, one other yeah. advice I would give you, since you are you know, going to be taking all these little screws apart, you know, you have it on, say, this piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, underneath that, I'd lay a li- bigger piece of paper and kind of fold it so there's a front lip. So when they roll away. So if they roll <laughs> off the sh- the counter and down on the floor trying to find it in the you know if you've got carpeting or anything else trying to find those little screws you're going to go blind trying to find them yep the other thing you can do is use it before yeah you can also use a big uh, you can also use a big cookie sheet yeah which already has a a lip if it's big enough yeah that too you can lay the paper inside i was going to take a uh a uh fiber towel and put that off the edge so if anything rolled, it would stop mm-hmm. it. That's an idea. Off. Yeah. Anything that, you know, because like I say, sure as God made green apples, you're going to drop one or two. Okay, I, I'll let you guys know uh, how this experiment went uh, maybe next week or the week after. Yep, we'll Sounds be interested good. in finding that out, Bill. Thanks. Yeah.
Okay, thank you, guys. iFixit has a couple of magnetic uh, mats, uh, anti-static mats. Oh, yeah. With magnets in them and a dry erase marker. So you oh, write yeah. down where this screw came from, and the, it magnetically holds onto the mat. Right. Oh, that is nice. They've that is a, actually very nice. They've got a small one for 20 bucks and a big one for 40 that has little cups in it, too, for putting other pieces. Yeah, that's 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 really nice. Certainly uh, better than the days when I was doing that where you yeah, just hoped the table was level. Yeah. It's pretty much the way that worked. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Pat from Batavia, New York. How are things in Batavia, Pat? Doing real well, guys. Uh, just a little uh, feedback on Dave's comment. Uh, my, my wife is blind, and you won't go blind by looking for screws. But... Yeah. On the other hand, I'm going to throw something positive. I do a lot of things. I, I bought some cafeteria trays, and I think that the loop thing oh, that was cool. talking about uh, would work. And they're plastic. Yep, so. yep. I, I went to Joanne Fabrics, and I got um, uh, bobbin holders. Oh, nice. And so sure. they're, they're deep, which is nice. Uh, so so uh, with the, the, the thread spool on top. Is deeper, but the, so then I went to get some more, and we got the the underneath. So if you know a sewing machine, right. the, the underneath thread, right, and that isn't deep enough, right. So I need the, the deep ones for the top. Or so, part of me wanted to get like a, a bead tray and throw all the beads away because because that can right. be deep. But yeah, so that yeah, that finding a place to store your screws. Is, Go buy a cheap fishing tackle box. Yeah, and take it apart. Yep. Yeah, we've got one of those. Three three different drawers on it. Yep. Yep. That, that would do it, too. Good good thinking, Pat. Thanks. Okay, thank you. My question now is, ah. I've been away for a few months because I've been doing something Saturdays. So I've been waiting for you to tell me that it's okay to update my computer, Windows 10 to Windows 11. Um, well, yeah, that depends entirely on what kind of computer you have. Right. How and old is it? I have a newer computer. Uh, and it, it is suggested to me that it was, you know, could update to Windows Windows 11. How much memory is in it? Uh, tell you the truth, I'm going to do uh, something a little different. I'm going to. Why don't you tell me what I should have? Because I, I had to. Long story short, I had to move it and it's in a box. Yeah. So I can't even look at it. But what do you? What would your recommendations be? Minimum you eight. Always... Minimum of eight gig. Sixteen is better. Okay. Uh, mi- a minimum of a terabyte hard drive. Eight gig. I'm writing on my notepad because sure. I can't find a pen. Eight gig, sixteen better. I mm-hmm. think I have sixteen, but I'll check. Yep. Um, uh, it, and and of course it has to have the trusted computing thing, which pretty much they all do these days. Right. Well, I've gotten a lot of offers from them, you know, or suggestions. You want to upgrade? You're, is, you're qualified and all that. So I'm thinking this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it a name brand PC or, or custom built? It's a name brand. Uh, if you go to their website and look up your specific model, they will also give you recommendations um, and um, uh, any drivers you need to install first, or at least have downloaded first. Right. Okay. Some of them will uh, even, they have a serial number, and you can just put in the serial number of that device. Yeah, or service tag. Service tag, tag, serial number, right. Not of Windows, not the Windows serial number, but the actual hardware serial number or tag number. Yeah, it's usually on the back near the power supply. Right. And um, that would tell you, yes, you can upgrade to Windows 11, 
but you need these three drivers or whatever it is and download them, stick them on a thumb drive, and go. All right. Okay. When I get the computer hooked up again, I will do all those things. And as always, you guys are doing great. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you around. Have fun. Yeah, it's a, uh, uh, it's, it used to be much more of a crapshoot upgrading to Windows 11. It's gotten better, and uh, Microsoft is certainly pushing it because they don't want people on 10 anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they've made it, they, you know, they, they've made it harder to stay on 10. I, I, sh- I, I almost said they made it easier to go to 11. They have not. They've made it harder to stay on 10. So by by comparison, it's easier to go to eleven. Yep. But, um, yeah, stay. You know, staying on ten is no longer uh, in in Microsoft's best interest, and therefore no longer in yours. I had I had a problem with a customer this week where somehow their virtual machine file disappeared, and so they click on um, their VM program to open up Windows, and it says, "Please install Windows 11. Wow. Where the heck did it go? It almost, uh, they also lost all the files on their desktop. It feels like someone deleted the user account and added it back again. Oh, but, interesting. But nobody there knows how to do that. Right. <laughs> At least so, that they're admitting. So how did that happen? Right. All of the user files got deleted. The other thing you should do is once you've created a virtual machine, back that virtual machine up yep. to something. Um, depending on how big it is, you can just put it on a thumb drive. And now you've got a pristine, untouched virtual machine that if something ever happens you just delete it right put this one back up you come we got to do that for every computer because of the windows license codes and the right. serial numbers and mac addresses it's a pain in the ass um but but it's a pain in the aspirin yeah. right back to the phones our next caller is ken from rochester new york what's up ken hey guys how you doing i called last week um when i connect my phone to my computer it will do ADB commands and it will charge, but it will not do smart switch or file transfer. And I, he suggested buying a data cord. I did that and it didn't do anything more or anything less. <laughs> okay. So you not only have to have the data cable, um, you also have to have it in the data transfer mode. It is. Okay, and it still doesn't do it. Nope. Did you get any error message? We're looking at last week's um, notes too. No, no error messages. And I and I turn on um, we call it. Uh, I turn on and off debugging. I've done that a million times. It, it says, "Do I want to allow it?" And it says, "Yes," but then it doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. there's no. The phone does not pop up on the computer. I wonder if there's something big. Well, it may not pop up. You may have to go into my computer yourself and look under devices. Well, yeah, I've been I've been there a lot. <laughs> so if you if you connect them together, and you then hold down the status bar, you should get a pop up list of notifications. One of them is the USB option. Mm-hmm. And then you select transferring files, and it still doesn't do it. Nope, it won't recognize. It's uh, you know the little emblem that shows up. Right. The name the name of your phone will show up. It doesn't show up. 
Yeah, it should appear on on the computer as a disk drive or a thumb drive. Right. It doesn't do that. Try a different port. I've tried all the ports. Front port versus back port. Remember, Dave, you had some PCs where the front port yeah. weren't even plugged in yeah. to the yeah. motherboard. I honestly, I honestly, at this point, don't know what to tell you. If you're, if you're, if you're picking the, f- the, the now. I don't. The only thing I've ever seen that was movable on a Galaxy S twenty three, which I think is your your phone, twenty three. Yeah, you can only move unprotected video or music files. It doesn't do. It doesn't do regular data files. Really. Um, and that's a limitation of the phone. Hmm. So um, it, you should you, you really can only do. So you can't just copy any file you want. Right. It's it's. But, but your problem is before that it doesn't even show up to allow you to copy anything. Yeah. Right. 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 It'll charge and it'll do ADB commands. And I must admit, uh, you know, it's an ADB nothing. command. Uh, uh, get you, it gets you into the shell. Apple Desktop Boss. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I get you into the shell of your phone so you can turn programs on or off and a lot of other things. I must admit, I've turned some programs off. Right, uh, right. Mostly, they're listed as bloatware, you know. Right. Um, right. So, Steve is uh, putting in a, a support site that actually shows you what you have to pull down and what you have to click on and everything else. But again... The S23 is limited only to music and video files. Is it is huh. is it a Verizon carrier? Samsung Verizon, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cuz the car- so a Sam um, Samsung phone may work but it may not work on Verizon. So okay. I'm so the mo- the note I posted last week was um, specifically for Samsung. This one I'm doing now is for Samsung Verizon. Right. I'm sorry, we oh. got to take a break. Okay. It might. Someone has to look at it. I think is the next step. Yeah, I think. I think taking it into somebody is the, is the next step. Going to take a quick break. Back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's twenty nine minutes after the hour. It's sound bites. It's member supported. Jazz ninety point one. See you soon. Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member supported Jazz ninety point one. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm David Ray. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites. Before we go back to the phones, um, we should mention that uh, uh, although we got cut off by time with Ken, uh, Ken, you could also try a couple of other things. One is, as Steve suggested, um, just copy all your files up to your Google Drive uh, on the phone and then copy them down on your PC. Yeah. Yeah. That should move them without a problem. Um, that should transfer any kind of file you want. Now, you only get 15 gig only, still more than anybody else gives you. Yeah. For free, you can buy free. more. Right, right, right. But, let, you know, if you've got more than 15 gig to transfer, you, you're going to do this several times. Move them up, move them down, delete them, move them up, move them down, delete them. Now, does the, does the S23 have an SD card reader? Can you? Uh, this I don't know. Yeah, so but you copy do, it onto you, there. And that's then, another way to do it. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple of apps. There's File Droid and AirDrop and 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 Send Anywhere and and like that that are Android apps that will send files around. But the cheapest and easiest and probably fastest 
is to just copy them to your Google Drive. But the cable should work. The so cable that, should work, but it's been—it's it, clearly might be the connector as far as the data part of it. It's more least, likely that it's something to do with Samsung or and or Verizon, because what it says on the on the website is that you can only transfer music and video because it puts and it puts unprotected it, music and video. It puts it into media mode, right? Not mass storage mode, which most generic phones would would use. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So the way the way you're going to have to do it, um, uh, Ken, is to is to um, copy stuff up to your Google Drive, which if you've got a Google account, which you kind of probably have if you've got an Am- Am- uh, Android Android phone, <laughs> um, then you can copy 15 gig up to your drive and then back down to your other computer. It's a bit of a pain in the toot, but uh, it gets them there, and that's what counts. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Chris from Brockport, New York. What's up, Chris? Um, hi, guys. I have a possible solution for the gentleman asking about uh, the screws or, you know, worrying about mixing up or losing the screws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a loose screw. Yeah, having, having <laughs> screws loose, yeah. Um, so one thing that I have found to be really helpful is I use the little medicine bottles. Oh, yeah. And, and so then, you know, I usually have a little supply of them. And so then as I take them off, I put them in there and put the cap on. And then there, and you can put a label, of course, on it and just write down like where it came from. Yep. And then there's absolutely, uh, you know, no way, even, uh, you know, let's say you have to go away for, you know, a day or you have a pet that might yep. turn a tray over or something <laughs> this way. You mm-hmm. know, there's absolutely no way that you can mix them up or lose them. Good cool. thought, Chris. Good Thank idea. You. I have several pill bottles at work full of screws. That I don't yeah. remember what they're for because I didn't label them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Notice Chris said label them. Yes. Yeah. That's a key point. That's a key point. Thank you, Chris. Yes, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's uh, it's the little things. Yeah. The problem is you get into it. Well, you take and, it apart and, and you think you're going to put it right back together again. Right. You don't realize mm-hmm. 16 people come in and then three weeks later, what the hell does that screw go? You're exactly <laughs> right. And, and, and you know, we all think we're smarter than we are. Sorry, but it's true. And we all think, oh, I'll remember that. No, you won't. No, because it's usually once you get to the end of the project Yeah. and you're sitting there and you got one screw off or left over and it's like where did I forget to put this foot? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it's probably the very first thing you put back yeah, together. Yeah, you didn't yep. count the number of screws that you took out of that certain area. Right. And you're thinking you covered all the spots because sometimes those holes can be in some weird spots down in under the yep. board that's holding down something else. Right. And you're not going to see it. That's exactly right. I was doing a Mac logic board the other day, and there were, there's 17 connectors. That you have to get the logic board under because the connectors come out on top. Yeah. And I missed like 15. Number, yeah. number, number 15. Number 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had to take half of them back off again to get <laughs> Yep. And I, I've also seen people, and I don't think it's as effective for most people, but I've also seen people take pictures. Yeah. And then label the picture. Yeah. But that's way more work than I want to do when you can just lay it down and yeah write a label on a, on a piece of paper somewhere. Um, yeah, so 
Um, and you can also label it not necessarily on the device, but in the device. You can take a little slip of paper, say, the, you know, this is the right front screw. Yep. Stick it in the bottle with the, the medicine bottle with the screw. And uh, it's a little harder to, to get out, but then you don't have to be keep taping over the bottle. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Josh from Fairport, New York. Hi, Josh. What's up? Hey, guys. I just had a question. I have a, I think it's probably a 2015 or 16 iMac uh, desktop. And um, I've since taken it out of, you know, daily use because I installed Monterey uh, a couple years ago. And it just slowed down so badly that I couldn't even, like, basically open any files. But I was wondering, because I still have it, is there a way to get an older OS installed and uninstall the Monterey and see if I can just do some basic, uh, you know, operating things on it? Uh, yeah, you can download older OSs from Apple's website. Um, they don't make it very easy to find. <laughs> um, but you, So you have to do that on another computer because you'll need to erase. Well, you can download it on this one, and then you have to make an installer disk. Uh, because you can't downgrade the OS on a on a Mac, you have to erase it and install an older OS. Oh, okay. Um, there is a way. Um, now that I think about it, uh, in the recovery partition, there is a way to install the original OS. Mm-hmm. So you could go to you know to 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 you know Catalina or or High Sierra or whatever, and then load back what you need later. Um, if you boot the machine holding down Command Option R. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's the newest OS. Shift Command Option R is the oldest OS. I'll put both these links up. Okay. Uh, so that puts the original OS that, that the computer had, and then you can upgrade to something less than oh, okay. uh, than current. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we end up doing a lot with older computers like that is is uh, replacing the spinning drive with a solid state drive, oh, and that yeah. helps a lot. Yeah, that it does. Especially because Apple was notorious for using fifty four hundred RPM drives. Because they were cheaper, right? Also, you could just install Linux on it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, true. see, I, I prefer BSD. I understand. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, but you can install any any version of any of those operating systems. Yeah. So shift shift command option R. You said when it's booting up. Yeah. So normally command R takes you to the recovery partition, which gives you the current OS. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shift command option R, and I, I'm going to make sure when I get to my, my that link list, uh, gives you the original OS. Okay, cool. So and the, then what, by installing the original, he can then go up. Up, up not up as up, far. Yeah. Right, and stop before Monterey. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But that, should, that should give me a little bit of uh, room to move around and not just have the thing freaking out because it's like trying to figure out what day it is or whatever before it even... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about that over the last few weeks. Uh, older PCs and and uh, and what you can do with them and what you can't do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest I, issue. The, go ahead. The, the biggest issue is your web browser because that's your interaction. Right. And the web browsers aren't supported under the oldest OSs. So you don't get security protocols, you don't get the latest encryption, so you may not be able to go to a bank or um, you know Amazon, a shopping site. Uh, Firefox ESR um, helps. Um, 
I don't think Google has any extended support release. Yeah, well, so, yeah, so, no. Yeah, so Firefox has special versions that they maintain the 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 core update, but not all the fancy extra features that new versions do. And so that can help run on an older computer and still give you a relatively recent um, uh, web browser. Yeah, but like I said, putting Linux on it gives you every modern thing that there is. Yep. Because Linux will run fine on older hardware. I am a little shocked that his um, thermal paste is still attached from a 2015 machine, but good for him. Uh, But yeah, so... Um, you're right. You, you can install older versions of things, but you do not necessarily get uh, all the modern security features. And that's why I, I personally suggest Linux or Chrome uh, OS Flex, uh, which will give you the security that you need. Uh, and, and for most people, 99% of what they do is the browser anyway. Yep. So, um, you know, even Chrome OS Flex is good, but under Linux, you can get all kinds of good stuff. So it's just a thought. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Brian from Greece, New York. Hi, Brian. What's up? Well, uh, hang on. I just need to uh, turn my speaker off here. Thank my you. radio down. Okay, still there. Yep, we're still here. Okay, hang on. Just, I'm sorry. Never mind. I'll call back. I don't mean to slow things up here. No, you're fine. Go you're ahead. fine. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I have a quick question about um, uh, being able to transfer um, uh, Word files to Google Docs. Is that possible, and is there a, an app that you can use to do that? You don't need an app. You can upload Word files directly. You can also set Google Drive to automatically, you have two choices. You can either upload a Word file as a Word file, or you can have Google automatically reformat it to a Google Doc. Ah, okay. If you do that, it doesn't currently at least take up space um, in, in your, right, of your 15 gig. Okay. So, okay. so that I'm... would be in in settings. Um, there's an upload. Son of a pun. In settings on Google. On Google Drive, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's automatic um, uh, update. Uh, not update. What's the word I'm looking for? Convert. Convert. Um, from Word to Google Docs on upload. Um, yeah, so you go to Google Drive, you click the settings, right? Uh, the settings gear is the one that looks like an icon. Um, there should be a, uh, convert option. You've got to be on your, on your My Drive, I think. And then there should be under settings, there should be a conversion. Set. Oh, uploads. There it is right there in front of me. Um, right when you click on the, you go to Google Drive, you click on the gear, you select settings. You probably have to scroll down to see it, but there's an uploads section and a little checkbox for convert uploads to Google Docs editor format. 
So from then on, anytime you upload a Word document or a, 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 an Excel document or a PowerPoint document, it translates those into the appropriate format for Google Drive. Um, and, and then when you go to download them, one of the choices on downloading is just to download it or to download it as a Word document or as an open doc format or whatever you want to do. Okay. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have time for one more question? A quick one, yep. Okay. Um, I uh, actually am looking at getting a uh, uh, Chromebook, and I can save, I'm just checking, I can save uh, or use my Google Drive or Google Docs, right, to do documents online, create documents online and save them to the... Yep, that's exactly what it's good for. That's 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 the best use of a yep. Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to be online because you can, you can create them locally, and the next time you are online, it will sync. Automatically. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Okay, yeah. any recommendation about um, Chromebook? Whatever you can afford. Yeah. Whatever you can afford. I personally like both Asus and Acer. Uh, okay. But, you know, HP is good. Dell is good. So, it, you know, whatever. Okay. Wonderful. Now, I understand there's no hard drive. I mean, there's no, you can't load programs on it. Is that correct? A few. There's, there's generally. Limited a, space. Yeah, there's limited space. Kind of uh, like so a phone. Yeah, so you can download some apps, essentially. And again, that goes back to what model you buy, how much memory it has to do okay. that. Right, how much memory in disk space. And heft is, is hefty memory in disk space, uh, I'm sorry, disk spaces I can find um, to be able to have some kind of probing, programming ability. Correct? Yeah. Right. It does okay. have, um, if you get a, a fairly hefty machine, um, you can use Linux on it. Uh, Linux is built okay. built in, and you can you can um, uh, activate Linux on that machine, and then anytime you want to do anything, I've got a fairly hefty ASUS that I can actually use uh, OpenOffice on. Oh, not, wow. not that I particularly okay. care to, but I could. <laughs> I've done it to okay. test. And um, and some model Chromebooks also have an SD card reader. That you right. can store okay. files on, and they almost all have USB ports, so you can use a USB flash drive. Right. Okay. How about an auxiliary hard drive? I could do that too, as well. Mm-hmm. And through the through the USB yep. port, yes. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. You've been very helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. If you're not going to carry it around, think about a Chrome box, mm-hmm. which is generally a little heftier for the same price. And you can just hang a... Like a desktop versus a laptop. Right, exactly. And just hang a hard external hard drive off. Exactly. And what, you know, whatever big screen you want on it. And Right, and most of them mm-hmm. have two, uh, actually two uh, HDMI ports. Yep. So you could, if you wanted to, have dual monitors. Although I was showing a customer this morning how to, how to mirror their computer screen to their big TV. It's, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's, it's just such a revelation to them because they show pictures to friends and... You, right. don't have, you don't have to cluster around this tiny, well, 15-inch, tiny computer screen. Right. Well, you've got a 42-inch television. Yeah, the 42-inch right on this wall here. and Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It, there's, there's just a lot of tricks you can play. Um, I know a number of people whose only computer is a Chromebook, uh, a Chromebox, or a Chromebook. Uh, it doesn't matter which one you get. 
Um, and that's that's their daily driver. Mm-hmm. And because you can do all Google Docs and spreadsheets and, and PowerPoint slides, I have used my Chromebook to do presentations at, at events. Yep. And even if you get, you know, a beefier Chrome box, they're usually small enough, you know, uh, the Apple Mac Mini on, on the Mac side, right. uh, that you can carry that really easy. And wherever you're going, there's probably a giant monitor on the wall you can plug into. That's exactly right. So well, Plus you have the feature of, you know, by having it up there on the cloud, that if you go traveling or away from home and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute, I need this document or that. Chromebook, you just log in, get to your... Uh, Cloud drive and access it. It doesn't even have to be away. Yeah. I, you know, I will uh, sometimes I'll start a, a, a file somewhere in my on my uh, in my office, my computer office upstairs, and then I come downstairs. My wife and I are watching a movie, and I need to to access something. I mm-hmm. pull out my Chromebook, which is downstairs, and there Where it all is. Go. It's yeah. all it's all there. It follows um, you everywhere that you have internet access. In the summer, maybe I want to sit on the porch. And work, or I want to be in the backyard and work. I can do all of that on my Chromebook, writing whatever I got to write, mm-hmm. uh, doing the spreadsheets and doing the whatever I got to do, and uh, and it's all available online. And um, uh, you can then easily back it up, and you can do all the stuff that you're supposed to do to keep your data safe and secure. Uh, the likelihood that Google is going to lose your data is very slim, but it's never zero. Uh, so, you know, every once in a while, there is takeout.google.com where you can go and take out your documents. Uh, you can download all of them or you can download them from date to date. Uh, so you can say, you know, in the last month or whatever, however often you do that. Um, and and uh, it has all those features. And uh, I'll tell you, I I rarely need more than my Chromebook. Uh, unless I'm unless I'm programming, and then then it's just because I've got tools that I've developed over the years uh, under Linux that I don't have on all my Chromebooks. Like I said, the more beefy ones, yes I do, yes I do, but on the older, uh, uh, less powerful ones, I don't have those particular tools. I can still get the work done. It just takes me longer because I don't have a set of tools. Uh, that I have on the on the beefier machines, uh, but you can do everything. And for people who don't do programming, which is, I'd say ninety percent. Well, yeah. and mm-hmm. our listenership it's probably closer to sixty percent. But even so, uh, for the general population, a Chromebook is all you actually need. And and you know we're talking we're talking all day about uh, cutting the cord. Why do you need to be spending money you don't have to spend? Works exactly the same way with Chromebooks. If a Chromebook does what you need to do, why are you spending money you don't need to be spending? And especially when they've got the tools there to replace Microsoft Office. Right. Yep. And they're, oh, free. And they're free. Now, there are, again, I've, I say this over and over again, there are specialized tools yeah. that, you know, if you're a lawyer, there are specialized tools Templates for Word. And, uh, that right, right, right. That that maybe you can't live without. Yep. But for the vast majority of people... You know, you can you can create um, every document type you need, word processing, spreadsheet, PowerPoint presentations, databases, everything, right through Google Docs. Yeah, and you save it up there, and you uh, you folks heard us say, uh, well, you only get 15 gig. 
Well, any of those documents that you save in Google format don't take uh, take away from that 15 gig number. They're all stored up there free. The revelation, what the first time I did uh, Google Takeout, because mm-hmm. I'm only using like four gig of my, I got 19 gig, and that's a long story, but uh, of my 19 gig, I'm only using about four and a half, maybe close mm-hmm. to five. So I went to Google Takeout. It was 28 gig. Because all of that additional stuff, the other 20 gig, didn't come. Are, are, because when you download them, I, I specified I want to download them as open office documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to, you know, I specify that. But the point is, it's 20 gigs worth of documents that don't, don't count mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they're in Google's format. Right. Um, so the first time I downloaded it was, what do you mean I got? It's more than that, right? I got 17. Yeah, because you're only looking at the number that is counted against you, right. not versus what. Right, so I had 35 gig. I had yeah. 35 gig of data coming down, and it was like, <laughs> what? Whoop, surprise. Uh, okay, all right. Hey. Uh, and so, yeah, you, um, it's it's one of the things. And I've, I told you, I've written entire books on Google Docs. And one of the things that Google Docs has always done that only recently Microsoft Word does is I could save them as an EPUB. So I can create my book, mm-hmm. save it as an EPUB, upload it immediately to Amazon. I'm done. All done. I'm done. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can you can download as a, um, a Word document, as an open office type document, as plain text, as an RTF document. As an EPUB, um, the features of Google Docs, particularly when you realize this program is free, the other thing you can do is dictate. I can, you know, I have arthritis and there are days when my fingers don't work. I turn on dictation and I just talk to my computer and it types out everything I say. I may have to go back in later and put in periods and correct a word here and there. But it doesn't, you know, even even days where my arthritis is horrible, um, uh, it doesn't stop me from working. Yep. It, the, it used to be multi-thousand dollar programs you had to buy to do that. Now it's, David it's, Pogue from the New York Times, you know, spent a 30-year career trying to find the best dictation software because he had horrible carpal tunnel from playing the piano. Right. Um, and, that, you know, it's just built in by default now and it works, you know, 99.9%. If I have the right Chromebook, that is to say one with a really, really good microphone, I can set it up to record and I get an entire meeting. Yep. Uh, I have to go back in and say who said this and who said that, but it's done. All right, that's it. We are done for another week. I want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. I'll even thank myself. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. Um, and, And we're done. Apparently, I'm a little giddy to go home now. Um, we're, d- we're done for another week. That deserves a reaction. What? That deserves a reaction. Right. <laughs> I can force the reactions into your video feed. Oh, can you? Very nice. Thank you very, thank you very much. Is this a reaction? Can you get it? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we're done for another week. But we'll be back next week with a whole lot more sound bites right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you in 166 hours.